0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the very first episode of Wrestling Outside the Ring. This is our weekly look at what goes on before the match in in wrestling, and probably more than likely, we're going to be looking at a lot of classic wrestling from the eight, from the eighties, nineties.
1: It's all classic,
0: isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I guess <laughs> so, but. There are three of us here so I'm Avery co-host Danny and other coast Lena. coast co-host
1: I'll be a coast I like that
0: <laughs> so do you guys want to introduce yourselves
1: Danny
2: <laughs> uh, yeah I'm Danny uh, from Nova Scotia longtime wrestling fan uh, since I was probably 13 years old and um, yeah I became enamored with it when I w- when I was young and kind of never looked back I still, I still follow it to a degree today but uh, yeah it's uh, wrestling is awesome and uh, I love it
0: What's your wrestling background Lena?
1: Um, I would watch it on and off with uh, Cousins So you said you started when you were 13 I can remember watching it with Cousins on like Saturday morning when I was about I don't know, six, seven? And I'm a little older. I think like two or three years older than you. So I probably go back a little more, but I don't really remember much of it. I remember like in the 90s, sometimes I'd rent a WrestleMania with an older sister. um, And then when I was in university, I used to watch pay-per-views while drinking that's, so that's my nice. memory's a little spotty on anything if I was drinking more so um and then if it's really old yeah so I don't really remember a lot and I mostly just watched it when I was older as an excuse to
2: yeah beer and I should bar. say <laughs> so I had you know a passing interest in it when I was like you know young I knew what was going on I knew about Hulk Hogan and you know Ultimate Warrior and and uh, I liked the Ultimate Warrior, um, but I wasn't, you know, I didn't really get into it until I was like thirteen. I think I bought my first pay-per-view when I when I was thirteen. It was Raw Rumble nineteen ninety four, and uh, myself and a few of my friends had had split on it and and got some Kentucky Fried Chicken and, and watched Raw Rumble nineteen ninety four.
1: Nice. And that's around when I wasn't at all involved in the wrestling world. Not that I was ever involved, but, you know, not even hear anything.
0: I think my story is similar to Danny's, where I, I remember my dad watching wrestling growing up. So uh, seeing it like Saturday mornings or um, Saturday nights um, in the 80s, like Hulk Hogan was big. And then getting more into it myself in the 90s, like Bret Hart and um, wrestlers like that. Um, definitely Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior. Um,
1: Macho Man.
0: Yeah, Macho Man. But I think it was more like um, Legion of Doom as well. Like Those guys really stand out for Is me. Is that because, and would you say, that, that probably because of the
2: costumes, <laughs> eh?
0: Oh, definitely because of the costumes. Yeah. Um, I think it's... I think they personified what wrestling was, like that over-the-topness mm. in some aspects. Do
2: you have a favorite? Do you uh, have a favorite wrestler? I wonder if any... Um, I'd probably have to go to
0: Hogan um, as an all-time favorite, and I know he's not looked upon favorably now as he once was, but I, I, I would... Yeah.
2: What about you, I Lena? From your from your outside what about outside looking in.
1: Well, I remember kind of liking uh, Macho Man because of Elizabeth, but I can't even picture what she looks like now. But just like like kind of liking her because she was a woman, and there was not a lot of like females. But then I'd say I really liked The Rock when I would go to. He was he had a great presence. I found. So yeah. I'd say maybe The Rock actually, and I did remember liking Ultimate Warrior, but I'd I'd say overall maybe because I remember because I was in like late teens, early twenties then that The Rock was pretty. Uh,
2: mm-hmm. I,
1: I just really liked yeah. his presence. Yeah, I, I'm he gonna was, go with The Rock. He yeah. <laughs> that was a long was way up there to for answer me that, too, but The Rock.
2: Uh, in the later yeah. years, like was he was one of my favorites for sure. But it was always for me. It was between uh, Mm. Bret Hart and Mr. Perfect. They were my two, my two number ones for sure. Mm. And I used to love when they would fight each other because it would. Those were all, (laughs) and they were great matches, anyways. But when they're when they're both your favorite wrestler and you get to see them fight each other, was just incredible. And you couldn't. There was no like I didn't really. I always kind of rooted for Bret, but like. I wouldn't have been upset if Mr. Perfect yeah. won either, you know what I mean? But
1: Yeah, yeah. And I really remember now that we're mm-hmm. talking, um, Mankind. I thought he was pretty okay. uh,
0: Yeah, yeah, like McFoley. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Um I don't know. He was pretty entertaining to watch, too. And I cared more about the interviews than the matches. Avery, I think, if you
2: were, Avery reminds me of Mick Foley. I think if Avery was a wrestler, he he would be similar to Mick Foley. (laughs) (laughs) So there's the attraction
1: why (laughs) attracted to Avery. That's as big a a compliment as I can give anybody.
2: (laughs) Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good one.
0: <laughs> oh, now that you say it like Mick Foley was good, and we'll have to on a future episode, oh, we'll yeah, definitely so absolutely. be looking at some of that like him versus the Undertaker, like Yeah, the
1: Undertaker.
0: Undertaker, I saw like I really like hmm. his interviews outside of WWE as well because he's just so yeah. He's really honest. I about remember a lot of stuff. yeah,
2: when he so. first started kind of talking. He never used to talk in his interviews. And uh it, it was very strange when he st- when he fir- they first started giving him a microphone. <laughs> but we'll save that for later. Yeah. But um yeah. yeah.
1: Well, we have a lot to We have a lot of interviews we we have to do. Yeah. So whether or not we have <laughs> listeners, we have a lot we'll do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but let's get into this. We're going to be looking at Survivor Series 1990 this week. And one match in particular, there was a bunch of awesome matches on that. But the match that we're going to be talking about today is the Dream Team versus the Million Dollar Team. So for you out there that may not know about Survivor Series, it's, it's like four-on-four wrestling, like two teams against each other for the most part. And so before we get into it, we're going to play the first interview from the Dream Team.
3: Tonight Thanksgiving in the Survivor Series are going to be squaring off against the Million Dollar Team with Captain, Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. He's going to be joined by the Rhythm and Blues and a yet-to-be-named Fourth Man, a mystery partner, rounding out that foursome. Brett the Hitman Hart, you've just returned from the ring victorious over the Honky Talk Man, but what about this Thursday night in team competition?
4: Well, Honky Talk Man, he found out and he lost the battle. But next time, when the Dream Team steps in the ring with the million-dollar team at the Survivor Series, we're going to win the war. Right, team? Ooh, yeah, yeah, you know yeah better. better. <laughs> what well, about it, Coco. I feel all
3: right.
4: Oh, yeah. Because it's Survivor. Survivor.
3: Oh, yeah. Come on, Jim. Talk to him, brother. You're Jim, Leanne yeah. this has got to be right down your alley. You're a team man all the oh, way. You know, you
4: know what, Gene? It's, it's right down... The dream team's alley, but uh, about this mystery partner, what do we have to do? Hire hire a private investigator? No, we don't have to hire a private investigator to find out who this mystery man is. We're just going to survive.
3: What about a Team Captain of the American Dream? Uh, Let me tell you what it is all about, baby. The
4: bottom line is that when you bring a force that we know nothing about, we only get badder, we only get meaner, we only get ready for the Survivor Series. Talking about Thursday night. There's family involved here now. D.B. I said, drug my family into this fire in my belly. Well, that's family here, brother, there's a lightning bolt here, baby. There's the greatest tag team in the world on the Dream Team. <laughs> and there's the America Dream Dusty Rose who is coming specifically for Ted D.B. And a mystery partner. If he's big. Yes. If he's short, yes. if he's round, yes. if he's tall, yes. if he's bad, yes. if he's good, oh. is he ugly, oh. is he wood? We don't care because we, we don't kick butt in survivor Series, right, baby? Yes. Yes. Yeah, baby.
3: All right, it is quite evident to me the dream team is ready this Thursday night. The shootout coming up from Hartford, the Survivor Series. You won't want to miss this one. Oh, my. Right now, let's get back to the arena and Gorilla Monsoon. Wow! <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, baby, <laughs> Coco, beware! With his singing was hilarious,
1: <laughs> and his sunglasses, his gold yeah. rim, like gold sunglasses.
2: There. Yeah, that was that was kind of his shtick. Like he used to, he used to sing, like in his interviews, and he did that. Like even after he, even you know, after he w- uh, was solo and he was with Owen Hart as a tag team partner, he used to <laughs> s- sing in the interviews.
1: <laughs> I felt a bit like I was I, at church, <laughs> like, like yeah. in, in the South. <laughs> I expected someone yeah, talking in absolutely. tongues or something. Just like
2: like he's. I get the feeling. I get the feeling that these were kind of like uh, improvised, yeah. <laughs> 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 kind these. of because. Because Jim, the ML (laughs) Nighthart, was seemed a little bit
0: confused at times, and was just trying to think of what to say next. That was a little bit over the top. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Sorry, just just yeah,
0: yeah, 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 baby. I did like how he stroked his
1: (laughs) beard because if I had that beard, (laughs) a beard, and it looked like that, that I would be yeah, like. You'd have to.
2: That's Jim the anvil for sure, the beard stroker. Yeah, he did that. Bret Hart was very good, too. Bret Hart
0: was good. Uh, He
1: didn't say much for being the captain. Mm -hmm. He He didn't say much. But he's not
0: the captain. Oh, I thought they
1: said he was the captain. No,
0: Dusty Rhodes is... Dusty. well,
1: there's my other question. Who was that guy?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dusty Rhodes is the legend.
1: Isn't... Oh, yeah. I'm thinking of someone else. I'm mixing him up with someone else, I think. But yeah, I know the name, but I didn't remember him at all.
0: <laughs> Are you getting him?
2: He was uh Dusty was uh he was a famous a famous promoter. Well, you know, in the uh in the olden days of wrestling. Yeah. And uh he came from NWA, uh, which was another uh another wrestling federation, National Wrestling Alliance and yeah, and Vince McMahon hired him, and uh, I can't remember exactly how it came to be, but I think Vince uh, initially had um, tried to kind of make a mockery of Dusty Rhodes mm. um, because at one point he was wearing uh, like uh, yellow polka dots on his <laughs> on his outfit and stuff like that, and uh, it was intentional, absolutely, to kind of to. Uh, You know, try and make fun of him, but Dusty ran with it and, and, uh, you know, made the best of it. And he, uh, had a great career in WWF. It wasn't very long, but, um, yeah, it's, uh, it was good stuff. It was really good. I, I enjoyed the interview
0: just because they, it seemed like each time they tried to, like, go louder and bigger, like the next person was just, a little bit more over the top. But it was hard to over the top of Coco Beware. But then Dusty Rhodes was able to do it.
1: Yeah, they were able to complement each other well. Like you really felt like you were in a church in the south with the singing <laughs> and the like congregation. They kind of played both that role role, I thought. It was a yeah. lot the um
2: I love Dusty Rhodes' interviews. He's he's uh he's so uh animated, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you can tell he's super comfortable mm-hmm. yeah. behind the mic, and uh, just doesn't care. Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's probably the better way to put it. Like, he was definitely more comfortable on the mic than, say, Jim the night art.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, like, these guys, I think, you know, most of these guys were, were pretty green, too, like, behind the mic. Like, I know Jim and Brett were still kind of uh, still kind of getting there. Their feet wet with doing interviews and stuff like that, and so hmm. Dusty probably had a leg up on them there.
1: Also, did they ask at one? One of my favorite things they said <laughs> was um, talking about the new mystery guy, and they uh, one of them asked is he wood? <laughs> that just was ridiculous.
0: We're going to have to inv-
1: hire an investigator. but like, Yeah, that was Jim would? the Anvil
0: yeah. there, just saying, what do we have to do to find this guy?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. And I forget who asked, is he would? I think it was Dusty Rhodes.
2: <laughs> I'm pretty sure they had, like, people producing these these interviews, though. <laughs> with, um, there's a guy named Bruce Pritchard who talks about, you know, he worked for WWE, he was a producer, and uh, he was behind the scenes. He used to kind of coach these guys while they were doing these interviews. So <laughs> <laughs> you actually had somebody who was guiding this and, you know, being like, yeah, say this. Or say, I you think know, this is the direction.
0: <laughs> I think this is going to come up a lot in the podcast, but. Like, how can me and Gene just keep a straight face that whole time?
1: Also, is he really that mean? <laughs> is he known for his meanness? I'll see as I watch more interviews. I, I th- say,
2: <laughs> you know what? I think I think it's just because his name is Oh, just because it rhymes, mean he's rhymes not really mean. Oh, but the, you know what's. F- yeah, <laughs>
1: I know yeah. that sounds like a ridiculous question, but s- I mean, is he Wood? Was asked in this <laughs> in that interview. I think we're asking, is he actually mean? Isn't the most ridiculous question we've heard since we started recording? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mean Gene. I don't know how he got that nickname.
1: Probably just because it rhymed. Probably not that he's mean.
2: That's what that's what I'm thinking.
1: <laughs> <laughs> was he ever a wrestler? Where was he? Always an no. announcer. I mean, he's kind of small.
2: Yeah, he was always an announcer. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he never got into the ring either, did
0: he? Like, I I don't remember ever seeing him in.
2: Only for only for interviews. Yeah. I've seen him in the ring for interviews yeah. and stuff. He's well, when I talk about in, in the, the, the ring, de- I
0: think like Jerry Lawler, how he used to. Well, he's more oh, of an yeah. in, like yeah. play by play commentator. But
1: but I can remember. I think like people sitting at tables being attacked maybe I'm thinking more Jerry Lawler or am I making that up like just out of nowhere
0: no but maybe mean Gene was more in the background too like he wasn't ringside unless he had to get in the ring and do interviews yeah Yeah, it
2: was it wasn't yeah it was it was mostly backstage the the stuff that Gene did so shall except for when he went to WCW
0: (laughs) shall we listen to the uh, million dollar team now
2: let's do it
3: joining me a team that has certainly been bought and paid for the million dollar man's million dollar team now we'll get to you uh, ted dibiase first of all i want to address the honky tonk man obviously you cannot be pleased with the match you were just involved obviously, in. obviously anybody can cheat to win and that's exactly what bret hart did but this thursday night at
4: survivor
5: series there'll be no cheating to win That's right. That's exactly right. And let me tell you something, hearts. You'll be the hearts you're going to be. Heartbroken. And I'm going to tell you something else. We got an ace up our sleeve. He's the mystery partner. Who's the mystery partner? Where's he from? How big is he? What can he do? I know it, and my team knows it, but that's the ace in the hole for us. And it's too bad, Dusty Rhodes, that you don't have that punk kid of yours in your corner, because then we'd have all the turkeys in the ring at the same time. Yes. going to be a big Thanksgiving Day feast, Dusty Rhodes. How many times do you have to go to bat, Rhodes, before you realize that you're not going to get a hit off the million dollar man or the million dollar team? You're just like an old mule that keeps butting your head into a wall and back it up and button that wall again. You just can't seem to figure out that no matter how many times you hit the wall, you're not going to get through. And this Thursday night, we're going to prove it all once and for all. Is that right? Uh, Tell him
3: about Hammer. You mentioned the Heart Foundation. You, of course, mentioned American Dream, Dusty Roads. but you must remember Greg the Hammer Valentine, Coco Beware, is going to be a part of that team as well.
5: Well, Coco Beware, he can bring his bird down and we'll roast him. We'll have him as a Thanksgiving bird. Coco Beware, we're not worried about you. The Dream Team, everybody knows that And that is exactly what they are, the dream team, because they are dreaming if they think they can go past Rhythm and Blues, the million-dollar team, because... We're worth a lot of money, and we're going to go out and show everybody that it costs a lot of money for Rhythm and Blues. The million-dollar team and our mystery partner, we're going to pull it out. We're going to mow them right down. Dusty Rhodes, the The incentive as always, the incentive as always with the million-dollar man's team, and the motivation is money. And these men have been... Palms have been greased. And the mystery partner, please don't ever underestimate what I've got up my sleeve. Dusty Rhodes, I've left you laying too many times. And this Thursday night, Thanksgiving, you're going to be the biggest stuffed turkey of them all. <laughs> Let's go over to Mean Gene Okerlund.
2: Yeah, that, that's fucking brilliant. Oh, that is good. I liked it.
0: I really liked how they just kept on bringing up the mystery partner, all three of them. <laughs> Mystery partner, mystery partner.
1: I thought for sure the mystery yeah. par- partner was coming out. I thought for sure that was happening. <laughs> Just during that, I thought oh, they were going to no. run in.
0: Greg Valentine. He he was almost the same as Jimmy anvil. Almost like reaching for those words. He's like maybe not the most comfortable. Yeah. In front oh, of the yeah. Mic yet.
2: No, no. He was. Yeah. He he definitely was not uh, a <laughs> seasoned pro yeah. behind the mic. But he was still good. But yeah, it would like the, st- the whole roast the bird yeah. and stuff like that. Was, you I know. loved that
1: metaphor. How
2: they that kept was, going, but yeah, that, yeah, that was good. <laughs> but Ted DiBiase was, like, I always thought Ted DiBiase was one of the oh, best, yeah. like behind the mic. And, uh, That was just a, that was a super, super brilliant promo from him. He just
1: exuded confidence and like, almost like at the time, like a Donald Trump kind of character, like for sure, especially in the Yeah, absolutely.
2: Where was, he didn't need, he didn't need the other guys there. He could have ran that whole thing himself. Where was Virgil at? Virgil, that's funny you ask that because I was, I was kind of wondering that myself because I know Virgil was with him at that time and Virgil was there. In um, that Survivor Series match, like he was in the corner. Hmm. So I don't know why Virgil wasn't there. That's a that's an interesting question. So Lena, Virgil is uh, Million Dollar Man's kind of bodyguard <laughs> that he had. Was he like at a the time. bald
1: African American yes, guy? I yeah. can picture him, but I like I picture him being yeah. scantily clad.
2: Uh, he had like a vest, but like the. The the shoulders were (laughs) cut off and stuff. It was like a a fancy, like, you know, kind of purple and white vest that he wore, like a million dollar vest.
1: Like what you wear in gym, like when they put that little uh, vest on, you know what I'm talking about in gym? The pennies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's kind of what I...
2: Similar to that, yeah. I can
1: kind of... It's been a while, but I can kind of picture that.
2: Yeah, that was weird. Uh, why he wasn't there? I was, I was kind of wondering that myself. Mm. I do
0: like how Bret Hart and the Honky Tonk Man <laughs> both Honky talked honk. about their match that they just had against each other. <laughs> like that was pretty yeah. awesome.
2: Which was kind of rare too for that time, like the, to have a singles match when you're in a a tag team like that. Mm-hmm. So, well,
0: maybe they had to have the um, heat for that match. But w- if they're gonna bring the heat, why wouldn't they just have? The Hart Foundation versus Rhythm and Blues, I guess.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. strange. I I like it. I love that mm-hmm. they did that. because um, it it kind of I think it was those matches that kind of cemented Bret Hart as a singles, you know, a singles wrestler too. Yeah. Like I think they had an a pretty good idea early on that Bret was going to be a superstar. You know, even in those days, they probably knew. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I also thought there would be more music with rhythm and blues. They should at least have strummed the guitar even. (laughs) Yeah, that's
2: that's that's the thing with rhythm and blues. They had the the song like they had a a theme song Mm. and everything that they had, you know, that they had wrote, (laughs) you know, their new their new single and stuff. But the whole thing was like they would come out and they would never actually play like <laughs> anything. Like, you know, it would be like they'd be faking it. Well, but. but
1: you think there'd be something? I mean, the other guys were singing.
2: <laughs> like. Yeah, yeah. Coco, beware has um, more
0: singing talent than the rhythm and blues. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. One of the cool, uh, another cool thing I, I liked about this that promo was. um um, Ted DiBiase, he kept referring to uh, Dusty's kid, his your punk kid, oh. and uh, and that was uh, Dustin Dustin Rhodes who ended up becoming Gold Dust way oh, off I in the future. I remember Gold
1: Dust. That's...
2: He, yeah. So he Dustin had a, a very quick and uh, short run with WWE right around that time, and he was in he was in there kind of with his dad and stuff and they had a couple tag matches together and, and that sort of thing. Isn't Dusty
0: Rhodes' son last now year in long. WWE?
2: Yeah, Cody yeah. Rhodes yeah. It's a yeah which is, yeah, that's Dustin's brother, his younger brother Okay. Yeah.
1: I also loved, as much as I love the turkey metaphor, it's the, the other ones didn't mention Thanksgiving at all but these guys did I also liked how they brought up money like we're worth a lot of money, and like that's the incentive. Like I like I know. that they stuck with that theme. Guns that's for
2: hire. I'm always one. Wonder- yeah, I always wonder where where Million Dollar Man got his money. Ooh. Oh, you never really knew. It's like Scrooge McDuck. You never really. <laughs> yeah, that's. You never really knew where his money came from.
0: We need a backstory.
1: Yeah, should
2: be one. The yeah. You do need a backstory, <laughs> I think. And
1: friend. I like that, although it's wrestling, they brought up like baseball references, <laughs> like go up to bat, and, like they need, and or yeah. like what was it? An old mule hitting the wall was also a good.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I I thought that was <laughs> hilarious. over and over again,
1: butting his head yeah.
0: in the wall. I really liked how um, the hunky tonk man proclaimed that Fred Hart cheated. Yeah. And I think that's a yeah. continuous thing you will always talk about, like where the heels are always complaining about the baby faces definitely cheating to win all the time.
2: Absolutely.
0: But, but I, I also like that too. I think that's pretty awesome.
1: But the best part was the maniacal laugh at the end.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, of course. He that's part of his uh that's part of his theme music and money. everything. He's got the best laugh. Oh yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, especially. Like, have you ever heard that, I Lena? Don't
1: think I've heard the theme song. I can't remember. Most money, of money,
2: it. money, money, money. He's he's probably got one of the best, probably one of the best wrestling theme musics. I'll ever. have to listen. Everybody's to it got after a this. price. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> Everybody's got to pay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they did talk Everybody's about this mystery man. Yeah. Shall we uh, watch a video clip of the mystery man coming down?
2: Oh, this! Uh, I'm excited so for this I. one.
0: Me too. Do you know who the mystery man is? Is he Wood? <laughs> 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 Everybody's got a price for the million.
5: partner, led to the ring by his manager, Brother Love, weighing in at 320 pounds from Death Valley, I give you The Undertaker. <laughs> the Undertaker, The Mystery Partner, is now revealed. I never heard of Oh, it. oh take oh, Holy
4: cow.
5: Look at the side of it. Check out them drumsticks, baby. 320 pounds, looks to be 6'9", 6'10", somewhere in that neighborhood, right? 6'10", I don't know, it's hard to tell from here. Holy cow! And look at the look on the face! I don't, do you think it's his coffee? Doesn't look like he's having a good time. You think he'd steal the goal out of your team? Yeah, huh. you know, okay, Coco, go for it. Coco's the kind of guy who'll just go for it. Oh, oh. oh jeepers. Well, Coco did the right thing, trying to use that speed and agility that he has, but he got outsmarted. Outsmarted and outstripped. Look at this. Hang on him like a sack of... Oh. Oh. He just got nailed with a tombstone. What is it? I think it's a tombstone, and it's over. It's over for that guy. It that sure was a tombstone. Holy coca did he write an epitaph for Coco.
0: That was awesome. I think yeah. the, Roddy Piper's, There's like, his, his excitement of seeing this guy. Yeah.
2: I know. It's... It, it, it was so yeah. Was, you could feel the energy mm-hmm. too, like from from all of them. They they knew something big was happening.
0: I, I got goosebumps watching it, and I've already seen this. Yeah. I don't know how many
2: times.
1: Was that his first entry? I don't know. Yeah. I, like he yes, wasn't known beforehand. Okay, kind of. No. Wow. No. Oh.
2: That was the very first time that anyone ever seen the Undertaker. Oh,
1: okay, I, I think I would have. Well, I shouldn't it say much. I
2: shouldn't say that he had a couple house shows like a couple days before that they But, oh, but okay. like on TV, on TV, first huh. time. Like so, like you, you and me, or anybody else, this would have been the first mm-hmm. time that anyone seen him.
0: I like that. The clip went a little bit longer. He gave Coco beware the tombstone. Yeah, and they're like. And he gave him a tombstone. I think it's called a tombstone. Yeah, he
1: repeated it to drive that. um, Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, he just magically knew that's what it was called. (laughs) Um, First
0: time seeing this guy. Mystery man coming out of
2: nowhere. But he also botched that tombstone. Like, it was such an awkward one. Like when you uh, like, if you seen the other ones, like when he goes to pin him and stuff, it's like the ref goes down to go to count, and then he move, Coco moves his feet, and then <laughs> Undertaker moves the other way, and it was super awkward.
1: It didn't matter. Everyone was so excited from the him coming out to <laughs> that.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was uh, that was massive. Yeah when that happened and and how weird was it that Brother Love was his manager I was
0: gonna say that I, I wrote a note about that where was Paul Bearer
1: oh that's the guy
2: yeah he didn't exist at that oh. point but Brother Love uh, earlier I was mentioning that WWE had a producer backstage mm-hmm. Bruce Pritchard, who was helping out with uh, with the interviews and stuff and he was he was a producer um, that's him that, oh, that's okay. Bruce Prichard Brother Love oh. Yeah,
0: there was a lot of managers there because Virgil was in the ring. Brother Love came out, and uh, another guy.
1: I want to. Jimmy Hurt? No, that's not his name.
0: Jimmy Hurt? Is that his name? Where did I even
1: pull that out of? (laughs) That just came out of somewhere. The mouth of the South. (laughs) But as soon as I saw Virgil's outfit, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Now I now I know that was. And
2: Jimmy was with uh, Rhythm and Blues at that time, okay? Wasn't he? I think yeah, so. Yeah, he would have had. I'm pretty to sure because he, yeah. So uh, he he was the Heart Foundation's manager before mm-hmm.
0: that. But, yeah, big stuff. <laughs> he was a big ham <laughs> <laughs> It
1: was a big ham It looks like yeah. he was wearing two ties, like two wide ties as a shirt.
2: <laughs> yeah. Or so. As it was, so who won? Uh, so we know. Uh, are you curious to know who won the match, Lena? Oh, it
1: wasn't. It, it wasn't Undertaker. like that wasn't the whole match
2: it was not Undertaker
1: (laughs) I just thought then does someone like how does the Survivor so
2: Survivor Series how Survivor Series works is so you have four on four and uh, you end up with a sole Survivor so basically you go until everyone's eliminated. But it's not
1: four, so, like, until there's one eight guy. people in the ring at once, right? Because Undertaker does no, just no, two. It's,
2: no, you tag your next guy in type oh, thing. okay. But you go... Yeah, so it could end up four on one at one point if three of your partners get eliminated. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, I see.
1: Yeah. yeah,
2: so so you end up until there's just one guy oh. left. So. so I do
1: want to know. But yeah, un,
2: under, so Undertaker ended up getting counted out hmm. in that. But in the, the final two ended up being uh, Ted DiBiase and Bret Hart, oh. and Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase got the win. Mm-hmm. Did he have
0: to pull off any uh, outside interference no, stunts? It was a.
2: It was it was a clean win. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I always like a dirty win. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I was, and for that, like for that time too, to t- for the the heel to win in that fashion too, like clean like that, it was. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was definitely different for sure. I
0: nice. I have to say I really liked the full experience of this match, like how the interview with the forum 4 the mystery man, and then the Undertaker coming out, like Roddy Piper's exuberance of this. He well, he's always so over the top anyway, yeah. and then just so mm-hmm. it's almost like adding another punch up to the whole storyline on this yeah. match was this a main event match on Survivor Series no I'd have to say this is probably the best entrance of like a future superstar like yeah everybody makes their ring debut but yeah I wonder if they knew how big the Undertaker was
2: going to become oh like how do you predict that
0: well you probably can't
2: but no exactly like and there was the uh, i'm pretty sure like wcw had passed on him and you know basically told him he wasn't he wouldn't be become anything and i think vance took a chance on him that's what it was like it was you know he they he wasn't a sought after guy no. it was like they were yeah it was they were taking a gamble which is a
1: little surprising because just to look at the guy is pretty Intimidating. Yeah. You would think just just based on the looks alone, yeah. you could almost hire him. <laughs> I know there's more to yeah. it than that, but that would be a big a big leg up. It was,
2: <laughs> it was, but it was you know it was also a case of like right time, right place. Because yeah. um, like that that character, you know, probably never would have worked. Well, today. I guess
0: if they did originally have a fourth man ready to go. And that was bad news. Brown. Mm -hmm. He was the original fourth man in that in that team, but he left WWE like two weeks before the event. So, yeah, uh, you know, him leaving is Undertaker's biggest. Did he
1: retire, or did or something like what happened to him? When you said leaving, Uh,
0: I don't know. I
2: didn't look that much into it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I think he left over money Mm too. Bad News Brown, I think it was like a... But you think
1: that if he went on Ted DiBiase's team, that he would have got some money.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he would have had a bonus. (laughs) But there was one
0: singles match on that. Shane Douglas versus Buddy Buddy Rose. I don't know either of those two.
1: Buddy Rose is a hilarious name.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Shane Douglas, they tried that guy in WWE uh, or WWF a few times. But uh, he came from, I believe he came from either NWA or AWA and another guy who just didn't just didn't make it in, in WWF. His name oh, okay. is
1: boring enough. He doesn't even have, like, <laughs> just when it's a name yeah. that's, yeah, like... Sorry, guy, I forgot your name already, but you needed a better, better name or character.
2: Shane Douglas. Oh,
1: Shane Douglas. See, that's...
2: At one point, he was a uh, a teacher called Dean Dean Douglas.
1: That's a better kind of stick. Dean Douglas actually s- sticks out a little more, but
2: yeah, they used to cut promos with him, and he'd be like writing on a chalkboard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. amazing.
0: I remember that.
1: I can't wait to tell the girls at work all about these interviews. <laughs> <and that
0: batch>. <laughs> <laughs> But this one's fun. I liked it. But shall we wrap this up and tune in next week for the next uh, episode of Wrestling Outside the Ring? We should.